The Bible Study Podcast, episode 242. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of 1 Samuel with chapter 23. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. As you may recall, in chapter 22, we left David fleeing for his life against Saul the king, and that's the way that's going to stay for a little while now. 1 Samuel 23, David saves Kilah. When David was told, Look, the Philistines are fighting against Kilah and are looting the threshing floor, he inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and attack these Philistines? The Lord answered him, Go attack the Philistines and save Kilah. But David's men said to him, Here in Judah we are afraid. How much more, then, if we go to Kilah against the Philistine forces? Once again David inquired of the Lord, and the Lord answered him, Go down to Kilah, for I am going to give the Philistines into your hand. So David and his men went to Kilah, fought the Philistines, and carried off their livestock. He inflicted heavy losses on the Philistines and saved the people of Kilah. Now Abathar, son of Ahimelech, had brought the ephod down with him when he fled to David at Kilah. David finds himself in this strange situation where he has been anointed by God as king of Israel. So he's supposed to succeed Saul. Saul certainly wants no part of it. And so Saul has been chased David into hiding. But David still has a responsibility to the people of Israel. That's what it means to be a king. That's what it means to to be the anointed one of God, is to protect the people from their enemies. And that's what's going on, is the Philistines have attacked. And he's trying to decide, in the midst of his troubles, should he take on the troubles of someone else? Or should he just ignore this because he has troubles of his own? When we say troubles, this isn't David having a bad day. This is David fleeing for his life. As we'll see here in a moment, he's putting himself at risk because he is going to the aid of the people of Kilah. And so this is a very serious decision. But what he decides, first of all, is to listen to what God says. But second of all, is the reason he asks in the first place, I believe, is that he understands that he has a responsibility to the people of God. He understands that even though he is in a difficult situation, it doesn't absolve him of responsibility for caring for the people of Israel. And I think that's an important lesson here because sometimes when we get in a bad state, when we get into a bad place, it's very easy for us to focus on the things that are going wrong with us and not pay attention to the calling that we've been given. And David does not lose sight of that. And we'll see that it's going to get him into some trouble here. Continuing on from verse 7. Saul was told that David had gone to Kilah and said, God has delivered him into my hands, for David has imprisoned himself by entering a town with gates and bars. And Saul called up his forces for battle to go down to Kilah to besiege David and his men. When David learned that Saul was plotting against him, he said to Abathar the priest, Bring the ephod. David said, Lord God of Israel, your servant has heard definitively that Saul plans to come to Kilah and destroy the town on account of me. Will the citizens of Kilah surrender me to him? Will Saul come down as the servant has heard, Lord God of Israel, tell your servant? And the Lord said, he will. And again, David asked, Will the citizens of Kilah surrender me and my men to Saul? And the Lord said, they will. So David and his men, about 600 in number, left Kilah and kept moving from place to place. When Saul was told that David had escaped from Kilah, he did not go there. David stayed in the wilderness stronghold and in the hills of the desert of Ziph. 
Day after day Saul searched for him, but God did not give David into his hands. While David was at Horesh in the desert of Ziph, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. And Saul's son Jonathan went to David at Horesh and helped him find strength in God. Don't be afraid, he said. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you. You will be king over Israel, and I will be second to you. Even my father Saul knows this. The two of them made a covenant before the Lord. Then Jonathan went home, but David remained at Horesh. So again, we see David's relationship with Jonathan and Jonathan's selflessness, apparently. And it's also interesting to note that Jonathan apparently has no trouble finding David. But Saul is prevented from finding him because God is leading David. And we see this first at Kalel, where David is told by God, one, that so yes, Saul is coming, and two, that even though he has just saved the people of Kilah, they won't protect him. And so he knows that it's time for him to flee. And so he flees, and he flees from place to place, and he's staying in the hills and the strongholds and the wilderness, and God is protecting him, and Saul can't find him. Jonathan can find him, but Saul can't. Continuing on, the Ziphites went up to Saul at Gibeah and said, Is not David hiding among us in the strongholds at Horesh on the hill of Hakalah, south of Jeshimon? Now, your majesty, come down whenever it pleases you to do so, and we will be responsible for giving him into your hands. Saul replied, The Lord bless you for your concern for me. Go and get more information. Find out where David usually goes and who has seen him there. They tell me he is very crafty. Find out about all the hiding places he uses and come back to me with definite information. Then I will go with you. If he is in the area, I will track him down among all the clans of Judah. So they set out and went to Ziph ahead of Saul. Now David and his men were in the desert of Maon in the Arabah south of Jeshimon. And Saul and his men began the search. When David was told about it, he went down to the rock and stayed in the desert of Maon. When Saul heard this, he went into the desert of Maon in pursuit of David. Saul was going along one side of the mountain, and David and his men were on the other side, hurrying to get away from Saul. As Saul and his forces were closing in on David and his men to capture them, a messenger came to Saul, saying, Come quickly, the Philistines are raiding the land. Then Saul broke off his pursuit of David and went to meet the Philistines. That is why they called this place Silah Hamalekoth. And David went up from there and lived in the strongholds of En Gedi. And the word there that I tried so very hard to say, Selah Hamalakoth, means rock of parting, in the sense that there was this rock and David was on one side and Saul on the other. So again, Saul is searching for David and Saul is not finding him. He's even getting help from people who want to give help to the king, but circumstances are preventing him from finding him. When he's finally about to, he learns that he's he's called away by this attack from the Philistines. So God continues to protect David. And then we see a little glimpse at why in the next chapter. So we're going to go on to chapter 24. After Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, he was told, David is in the desert of En Gedi. So Saul took 3,000 able young men from all over Israel and set out to look for David and his men near the crags of the wild goats. He came to the sheep pens along the way. A cave was there, and Saul went in to relieve himself. David and his men were far back in the cave. The men said, This is the day the Lord spoke of when he said to you, I will give your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. Then David crept up unnoticed and cut off a corner of Saul's robe. 
Afterward, David was conscience-stricken for having cut off a corner of his robe. He said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, or lay my hand on him, for he is anointed of the Lord. With these words, David sharply rebuked his men and did not allow them to attack Saul. And Saul left the cave and went his way. Then David went out of the cave and called to Saul, My lord the king. When Saul looked behind him, David bowed down and prostrated himself with his face to the ground. He said to Saul, Why do you listen when men say David is bent on harming you? This day you have seen with your own eyes how the Lord delivered you into my hands in the cave. Some urged me to kill you, but I spared you. I said I will not lay my hand on the Lord, because he is the Lord's anointed. See, my father, look at this piece of your robe in my hand. I cut off the corner of your robe, but did not kill you. See, there is nothing in my hand to indicate I am guilty of wrongdoing or rebellion. I have not wronged you, but you are hunting me down to take my life. May the Lord judge between you and me, and may the Lord avenge the wrongs you have done to me, but my hand will not touch you. As the old saying goes, from evildoers come evil deeds, so my hand will not touch you. Against whom has the king of Israel come out? Who are you pursuing? A dead dog, a flea? May the Lord be our judge and decide between us. May he consider my cause and uphold it. May he vindicate me by delivering me from your hand. When David finished saying this, Saul asked, Is that your voice, David, my son? And he wept aloud. You are more righteous than I, he said. You have treated me well, but I have treated you badly. You have just now told me about the good you did to me. The Lord delivered me into your hands, but you did not kill me. When a man finds his enemy, does he let him get away unharmed? May the Lord reward you well for the way you treated me today. I know that you will surely be king and that the kingdom of Israel will be established in your hands. Now swear to me by the Lord that you will not kill off my descendants or wipe out my name from my father's family. So David gave his oath to Saul. Then Saul returned home, but David and his men went up to the stronghold. This is the turning point for the relationship between David and Saul because David gets a chance to show Saul that he is not his enemy in a very real way. David could have killed Saul and didn't. And he holds in his hand this piece of his robe and even that he feels guilty about taking. One of the things that a lot of people who have taken power in the way that David refused to don't learn is that that sets up a precedent. Basically, it teaches everybody that it is okay to kill the king. And David knew that it was doubly wrong to kill the king. Not only was he your king, but he was the anointed of God, that God had put him in that situation. God had chosen Saul for this role. If God wanted to kill Saul, that's one thing, but David couldn't. David was a servant of God and therefore a servant of the king. And so David is faithful even when he has all the reason in the world not to be. And it's also somewhat in his best interest. He does the right thing here. And because he does the right thing, even Saul, who has been so bent on revenge, so bent on protecting what he has, has to see the righteousness of David's cause. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com or drop me an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening.
I'm Don Hawkins, inviting you to be encouraged with my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You. To subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com.